0: Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Ooh, 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 ooh. Thanks for tuning in to Harvesting Happiness today for a healthy serving of consciously prepared brain food. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. For more than 13 years, I've been handcrafting these sound ideas for better well being. Each week, I love spotlighting diverse thinkers and doers who are contemporary trendsetters and change agents, devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. I invite you to listen up and change the way you think about human happiness. Our award winning content is fresh, optimistic, and purpose driven media that promotes well being from the inside out. Alrighty then, let's dive in. This episode offers psychosocial education designed to inspire and motivate our listeners. The information provided does not constitute a therapeutic relationship nor a substitute for professional mental health care. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911, go to your nearest emergency room, or for listeners in the United States, text 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining me on today's show where you will learn to make space for joy, declutter, and flourish. My guest today is Tracy McCubbin. She is the author of Unpack Your Clutter and Make Space for Happiness. Tracy has always described herself as obsessive, compulsive, delightful. And who knew that trait could be turned into a booming business? While working for a major television director in Los Angeles, Tracy discovered she had the ability to see through any mess and clearly envision a clutter-free space. Tracy soon found more and more people were asking for her help, and before she knew it, Declutterfy was born. Twelve years later, Tracy decided to take what she's learned and write a book about it. And Tracy is in the house to talk with us about. Her discoveries and her correlation between human happiness and lightening the load. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I am great. I am super excited to talk with you because I'm forever on the quest to like declutter. Sometimes I'm better at it than others, but I get what you're putting down. You know, like the lighter we are, the more organized we are, the happier we tend to be and productive
1: absolutely and you know it's it's so interesting because this comes up a lot you know am i a minimalist and do i preach minimalism and you know truth be told in my own home i'm not i like stuff i like pretty things i like <laughs> you know too. art i like all that stuff but i always tell people the tipping point and i think this will make a lot of sense to you is When do all of a sudden, do you feel like you don't own your stuff anymore, but your stuff owns you? Are you spending all this time managing it and moving it around and paying for it and storing it? When it tips over into that, that's when it becomes a problem.
0: Yeah. And there are many of us who are storage space renters out there (laughs) that have been paying on that $200 a month or more Uh space for
1: years. Yep. That is a big part of my business. We get hired to come in. People are like, I can't deal, I can't face it, I need some muscle, I need a truck. And we have cleaned out thousands of storage units. And I can say with absolute authority that we have never emptied a storage unit, that the things that were in it cost uh more than the storage unit.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Let's talk about. Our habits and what we are seeking through the stuff that we buy and collect.
1: So, the way that I describe it, and this is what inspired me to write the second book, Make Space for Happiness. I have been in the decluttering space for so long with my company, 16 years doing this back and started in 2007. And we've been talking about decluttering, talking about decluttering, talking about letting go. Then the pandemic hit, we were all stuck in our homes. I'm watching everybody just shop like drunken sailors, like Amazon (laughs) trucks, like, you know, going like whizzing up and down the street. And it just got me thinking like, we can't, to be a professional organizer, to be a professional declutter, to be an expert in this field, we can't talk about our relationship with stuff without talking about our acquisition cycle, without talking about our buying. So I just did this really deep dive on why do we shop? Like, what's really going on here? You know, what's what are we trying to fix inside ourselves? How are we trying to make ourselves feel better? You know, how have we been sold this bill of goods around anti-aging and retail therapy and really looking at the correlation that we're trying to fix something with shopping that shopping won't fix.
0: Yeah, the bowl with the hole. We talk about mm-hmm. that all the time on this show, that we as humans tend to be this vessel that we, when we think, when we fill it up, when the basket's full, that then we've got it. You know, we've got the happiness. When in fact, oh, there's my. always a hole.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, oh, Lisa, that's so great because the way I describe it, it, the way I sort of psychically see it with my clients, it's as if there's like a little puzzle piece missing inside their, inside their being. So it's like they have this little puzzle piece missing and they're trying to fill it with stuff. And it's really what it needs is, you know, a true connection or, you know, self-confidence or self-respect, these sort of things that never come from stuff, but we keep like going to Marshall's, you know, going to Michael's thinking that next craft is going to fill it. And so I want to change the conversation so that we can look at healing that. And then the stuff is the icing on the cake, and you're
0: not suggesting, or your prescription for this is not that we never buy another pair of shoes or a vase. That's not what you're saying. I want to be clear, right?
1: Absolutely. I am not saying that. I really love shoes. <laughs> you know me too it's not, it's not possible. It's not, you know, I think of fashion as art and I you know I love to express myself through what I wear. What I'm saying is what's going on in your life that's causing you to overshop and overbuy, right? Are you making informed decisions? Are you shopping within your budget? Are you buying things that you truly love that you're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to wear this sweater for 10 years. You know, thinking about that as opposed to buying into fast fashion. Or, you know, what I like to call the donation myth where we just buy a bunch of clothes and it's like, well, if I don't like it, I'll just donate it, you know, that we then become part of the problem.
0: Yeah. And the happiness really isn't in the stuff and it temporarily is in the process of shopping because we do get, you know, a a, a surge of dopamine, right? We do get a little, you know, dopamine sugar rush when we, when we go out and shop, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. and like, think about it this way. this is this is what I always say is so we as human beings, right? We're evolved. We used to be hunters and gatherers. So when we would see an apple tree in the wild or you know a, a rabbit, we would get a hit of dopamine to tell us that's a good thing and keep looking for that. So that all made sense. Now we become we're not we're not nomadic, everything's at our door we get that same hit of dopamine it's like our evolutionary our body's telling us when we go to target it's the same thing as like killing a woolly mammoth you know that we haven't <laughs>
0: well <laughs> we, target I is mean, a kind his, of a, a crack hit though right
1: 1000% <laughs> so understanding that's the thing it, it, i mean isn't it lisa really about understanding it's like oh i get it This makes me feel good for 17 seconds, 25 seconds. Yeah, But then the the good feeling wears away. So I keep shopping. Oh, how else can I get that same good feeling that's lasting?
0: And therein lies the secret sauce in your book, Make Space for Happiness. You're suggesting that we get out of the stores and get into ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's so... I was very, very close to my grandmother. She lived to be 101. And a lot of my, she was this cute little Scottish woman and she believed a cup of tea could fix everything. And, you know, she, and she was often right. A cuppa. Um, <laughs> a cuppa, a little cuppa. We just sit down and we talk. And, you know, so many of the things like studying the science of happiness and how you can quote unquote, hack your happiness. It goes back to the things that our grandparents always told us, like, get outside and exercise. One of the best things you can do for your happiness, get outside and exercise. You know, be of service, do something for someone else. Have either a gratitude or a prayer practice, you know, counting your blessings, however you want to frame it. You know, the things that really they work because they work.
0: And I think the connection, which is something that you do write about in the book, makes space for happiness. This idea of having these good, healthy connections to to one another, to ourselves, to what really matters to us. you know, And all of the research for decades really backs this up, that having these good, healthy social connections is what ultimately brings sustainable well-being or happiness or life satisfaction, call it what you will.
1: Exactly. And also the science supports that one of the greatest predictors of longevity is connection, is friendship. I had a meeting, we just got hired by this Lovely couple in their seventies, so sweet, so great. She self admittedly called up and is like, "Since the pandemic, I have developed an awful shopping problem. I just can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop." So I went and met with her, and they were adorable. And yeah, you know, I said, "Well, look, let's tell me more about kind of what's going on." We're chatting, chatting, and she just, you know, she's like. Well, right before the pandemic, I retired of my job of 35 years, which was at a big office and very social. Pandemic hit, we stopped going to church in person. I now go to it on Facebook. I'm not playing bridge with my girls anymore. And I was like, well, it's no wonder you were shopping more, right? Yeah. The things that, that made you connected, like, playing bridge and like bitching about your husband's or whatever you need to do. You're not doing that anymore. So you're looking for it somewhere else. And the thing I first thing I said is, can you get back in a bridge game? Can you just find a bridge game to get back in? And her husband like there's one down the street that's once a month. And I was like, just start there. Great. I'm like, you want me to drive you? So, you know, those things. And during the pandemic, we got so much of that taken away. So it's no wonder that the shopping went out of control And so I'm like, let's get back to that. Let's get back to being connected. Let's get back to, you know, putting our shoes on and taking a walk in the sunshine. It's it's all so simple, but we as humans just like to overcomplicate it, don't we? Well, we do.
0: We like our stuff. (laughs) And, you know, I think that as we build our lives, the stuff that we collect almost is like a validation of our being you know in some way right every book that oh. we buy every piece of art every album or cd or piece of music that we have is a reflection of where we are at the time we acquire it but that doesn't mean we have to hang on to it forever
1: absolutely and you know one of the things a big part of our business is we provide we help families after someone's passed away so we'll go in and help clean out the house and get ship things shipped to different family members it is truly one of my favorite things that we do because we really are providing help in a very difficult time. And one of the things that I've noticed after doing this for 16 years is that people hang on to a lot of stuff from someone who's transitioned. And the reason that they're hanging on is that they want to remember and they want the world to know that that person mattered, that that person that they love existed. So if I keep all this stuff and I put it in a storage unit and I pay for it. My grandma's still around. And what I want to say is that connection is always there. Actually keeping more stuff of them becomes a burden and it dilutes your memory.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned this because in the past couple of years that there have been two losses in our family of elders. And I have been in the position in both cases of helping to go through things and settle their affairs And the idea of decluttering their lives, you know, so other family members can move on, has been a challenge for exactly the reasons that you say, right? Where in one case, the one family didn't want to let go of any pieces of paper. Like, it all mattered. Uh And she was 97. You can imagine how much paper she had. She was practically a hoarder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 I know. I have done it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. People... People have said to me so many times on jobs, especially around paper, they have said like every time I throw away a piece of paper with their handwriting (laughs) on it, it's like I'm losing them all over again. I I recently found a little notebook that was, I don't even know, I don't even remember carrying it, but it was like a little teeny grocery list size notebook that had my grandmother's initials on it. And I I don't, I barely remember it. I don't even know how it was like in a, a desk drawer. But I opened up inside and there was a grocery list written in her perfect granny handwriting. And it Aww. took me right back. to It was so Aww. sweet. And it was like Ritz crackers, eggs, half and half, you know, the stuff that she always had in her house. The stuff grannies was, have. <laughs> yeah. And it made me so happy to see it. And I think about, yes, that there are those touchstones and those cards. But what I see happening is that, especially if the loss is a big blow, that people keep, like you said, housefuls of it and boxes and boxes and boxes and <laughs> boxes. And, you know,
0: <laughs> we don't need taxes and, from 1972. They're you know, useless. And
1: that's, exactly. And that's not going to be your best memory of your granny. <laughs> right. Looking at her like schedule C, you know, <laughs> and that's the lighter
0: as we go. Like, you know, I think when, when we're able to kind of get in there and. You find your way in. I mean, I'm not the the, the uh, decluttering expert, but it, you know, in in my experience, it's like it's hard to know where to start because it's so overwhelming. But you just find that one little crack and you go in there.
1: Exactly. And you know, one of the interesting things I get a little a lot of calls for my business from women in their sort of mid 40s to 60s, and they're like, "Okay, my kids are older." you know, I'm realizing I'm the only one who knows where everything is. I'm the only one who knows where all the paperwork is. I, you know, usually like sometimes their parent has died or something They're like, I don't want to leave a mess behind. I don't want that to be my legacy. So I see people start, you know, who have done what you did, you know, had to clean up houses after somebody's passed away and they're like, why did they leave this mess? And so it's, I'm seeing this real trend into people like, I want to clean up my, you know, my stuff before I go. I don't want to leave a mess for anybody. And I think that Lisa is true kindness. It's true kindness.
0: I agree. It's kindness. It's happiness. It's empathy. It's consideration. It's, you know, allowing ourselves to be seen, like to do that, like we clean it up for ourselves and then leave that as a, as a nicely packaged legacy for our loved ones. That's in Absolutely. a perfect world. In a perfect world.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. And by the way, there may be some things in your life that you don't want people to find after you die. Oh yeah. May That's I su- true. May I suggest? So may true. I that suggest? special box. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break.
0: Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. To learn more about my guest Tracy McCubbin and her work, please go to www.d and it's the letter d clutterfy.com. You can find Tracy on Twitter at tracy underscore mccubbin on facebook this is tracy mccubbin and on instagram tracy mccubbin we'll be right back research tells us that happiness is good for our health happy people live longer are more productive and make better partners parents and professionals want more sound ideas for better well-being check out our new bonus edition content more mental fitness by harvesting happiness available exclusively on medium and substack One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And at times we all need a little support. To learn more about lifestyle management and mental fitness consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. And we're back continuing the conversation with my guest today, Tracy McCubbin. We're talking about making space for joy, declutter and flourish. Let's get back to it. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty, Tracy. How do we go into the forest here?
1: You know, here's the thing. So I've been doing this for a very, very long time. And one of the joys that I have discovered of social media, I didn't know this would be a positive outcome, is that I started posting these five-minute decluttering challenges, basically things you can declutter in five minutes, coffee mugs, the pen cup yes, on your the desk, pins. you know. Depends. The like these simple little things that I just started rattling, you know, because I'm very used to when I work with clients, we work on a large scale, a whole room, a whole house. And I just started like doing these. When I tell you these, uh, like m- a million views, like bl- all of them, we have, I think there's 30 of them or 40 of them up now. And the thing that's amazing is I keep getting these DMS from people that say, I started doing these five minute decluttering challenges. And I looked around and all of a sudden I'd done my whole house. Took a couple weeks. Snap. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't painful. I wasn't like birthing a baby. You know, I just like, oh, let me do my pen cup. Oh, let me do my mugs. So there are, you know, like small, you know, when they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Like you can take these little bites out of these categories and make a difference. And then you start to pick up momentum. Then you start to go like, oh, this actually feels really good. Oh, I didn't miss any of that stuff I got rid of. Let me tackle a little bit bigger. So it's really about building on our success. Sometimes I think when people go into decluttering, they go into it from a point of view of beating themselves up. I'm lazy, I'm a bad housekeeper, blah, 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 blah.
0: I'm not interested in
1: any of that. I, I really am. I'm not. Uh, what I want people to do is look at, look at the what are they gonna gain in a positive sense by decluttering and getting organized? Oh well, I'm going to stop paying $200 a month for a storage unit. Oh, I'm going to be able to park my car in my garage. Oh, I'm going to be able to have a friend come visit because my extra room isn't a dumping ground. If you focus on the positive of what you'll get, it makes it so much easier to change the behavior.
0: Now I remember where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to the sock, panty, and bra drawers.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: because those are satisfying to actually take care of. Right. Absolutely. You get rid of Absolutely. the holy socks, the droopy socks, the, you know, the knickers <laughs> that yeah. have holes and, and, you know, you know, the ones.
1: And also, yeah, totally. And also how good does it feel? Like I think about this too. How good does it feel to put on, um, oversharing for the audience? I just put on a new pair of panties this morning. They're cute. They're leopard print. I feel I got a little, jo- like a little yes. kick in my step, you know, instead of those old, like stretched out ones that granny fall panties. down. No, <laughs> no,
0: no granny panties. You want happiness? Get rid of the
1: granny panties. <laughs> yeah. You want joy in your pants? Get good elastic. Right? Yes, yes.
0: But uh, these are those small little things that you're talking about that actually we're kidding together about this, but there's some truth in it.
1: Yeah, there is some truth. And, you know, I am a big, big shout it from the rooftops. I say it all the time. Use your nice stuff. Do not save it for some special day that maybe or maybe not going to come. Burn the nice candles. Eat off the china. Wear your nice underwear. Like, use your nice stuff because you are worth it. Today is special. And I have cleaned out so many houses after someone has passed away and there will be closets or cupboards full of things that have never been touched. Yes. Because they're waiting yes. for a special day. You know what's special? Today. Today's yeah. day. Yes. Yep. Today is the day. Today is the day. You got up this morning and you took a breath and you filled your lungs with air. That makes it special. I had two girlfriends over for dinner on Saturday night. And one we had lives in London and we hadn't seen her 10, 10, 7 years, you know, pandemic, all sorts of things. I was like, I just roasted a chicken, nothing fancy. I was like, I'm setting the table with China. I got beautiful China that I love. We're eating off of China. And it was great. Would the dinner have been just as good on paper plates? Of course. But for me to feel like these people who are dear to me are coming into my home, this is a special moment. We have been friends for 30 years. I want to celebrate it. It was the greatest feeling.
0: Yeah, I really do get where you're coming from that, you know, making today the celebration. It's the only guarantee we have is today. So why not celebrate it with joy and with the the things that we we hold dear? And if we are saddled with a bunch of stuff that's weighing us down, then letting go of it might make you really happy. You know, somebody else might reap joy from those things that no longer work for you.
1: I was doing a book signing and I was speaking and I always do a question and answer afterwards. And it, it's always goes, this stuff is emotion. It's all emotional. It just goes there right away. Um, once we sort of get past like, how do I organize photos? Then we get into the good stuff. Uh, I had this woman stand up and she was very emotional and she was talking about how she had lost her mother. Her mother had passed, with a long illness. She was clearly in the depths of grieving and she sort of mentioned to me um, uh, that she had taken the night her mother had passed. She'd swept everything off the night her mother's nightstand, so like pens and empty pill bottles and sort of the you know remnants of illness. And she took that all, and then she recreated it on her own dresser. So she said, every morning when she looks wakes up, she looks at this stuff and falls apart. Oh. And I was, and I was like, w- w- wait, what, 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 why would you do that? You're already in so much pain about this. You know, she's like, I just don't want to forget. And then, and I'm like, but you can have a piece of your mom and not have to remember the worst night. Like, I want you to go home. I want you to throw all, throw it away. Just don't even worry about recycling, throw it away. And I want you to find your favorite picture of you and your mother and put it in its place. Because I want you to wake up every morning and feel joy and happiness and have great memories about your mom, not the night she passed.
0: Oh, that's great counsel. It's And simple, you know? Simple. You gave her permission to let go.
1: Permission to let go and also permission, if I might say, to harvest some happiness, to find a little place in her life where she was actively making herself unhappy and replace it with joy. And I think that as we look at our stuff, as we kind of scan around our room, you know, is this, does this little corner make me happy? Does this, you know, and some of it, that's a funny thing. You know, I I break, I break our stuff up into tools, things we need to live our life and function better and stuff that just makes us happy. we just like it because it makes us laugh or it makes us, it's pretty, you know, we need to have that stuff.
0: Yeah doesn't mean, yeah, we could have our stuff, but we just want to get rid of the the crap that weighs us down emotionally, you know?
1: Absolutely. And physically. Of course, and financially, and it's an energy suck. It's all the things. And we know, you know, we all, we look around our house and we're like, oh yeah, that corner, you know? Oh yeah, that drawer. Let me just, you know, and so that's what I'm encouraging people and seeing this amazing change, you know, not being able to go, I'd love to be able to go and work with everybody, but that these little five minute, just little tasks, five minutes. Great. I'm going to go through and get rid of the chipped coffee mugs. There you go. No drama. And all of a sudden you're like, look at my cupboard. Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Look, look at how tidy it is. What a nice feeling that is.
1: And it's celebrating you and it's making your life, you know, if you think about the practical of it, let's just take coffee mugs, right? You have a bunch of chip coffee mugs. We know the ones we like. We know the ones that keep our coffee hot enough cold enough, you know? And so you'll, if your cupboard is stuffed with coffee mugs and 50% of them you don't like or use, you're making your life harder. You have to wade through the bad ones to get to the ones you want. Move so- them on. Get rid of them. Cold-hearted. Get, move them on. Yeah, move them <laughs> on. Move them on. Let it go. I mean, you know, let it go. Let it go. Somebody, did I, somebody asked me the other day. They were like, "How often do your clients regret what they've given? They've given away?" And I was thinking about it, and I was like, "I think in sixteen years of doing this, maybe twice." Wow. And one woman was dealing with hoarding disorder, so that it had nothing to do with. It was a bigger issue. I was like, "There was one lady that we had to go back and I don't know what we had to get from the thrift store for her, but that was it. Nobody regrets it. Yeah. Nobody regrets it. We
0: forget about it. Like once it's done and it's gone, I mean, we we face forward and and and, and keep on going. We're nearly out of time, and I'm I I would love for you as the declutter fly fairy to. Sprinkle your magic fairy dust and give us all permission to let go of the stuff.
1: I give you permission. I, I give you permission. And I, I will say this in the fairy, the own little fairy dust you can sprinkle on yourself. If you have something in your home that makes you feel bad, if you have a shirt that, you know, a pair of jeans that you can't get into anymore because gravity happens, you know, Let Today, I give you permission to let go of the stuff that makes you feel bad.
0: Amen. (laughs) (laughs) To learn more about the fabulous Tracy McCubbin and her book, Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want, please go to www.declutterfly.com. On Twitter, at Tracy underscore McCubbin. On Facebook, this is Tracy McCubbin. And on Instagram, you may find her at Tracy McCubbin. Tracy, thank you for sharing part of your day and your wisdom with us.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen on behalf of my guest, Tracy McCubbin, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember... Happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to one another. Want to take a deeper dive into sound ideas for better well-being? Check out our new bonus edition content, More Mental Fitness by Harvesting Happiness, available exclusively on Medium and Substack. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime, anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes from wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with and follow us on most social media channels. To learn more about lifestyle management and mental fitness consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Harvesting Happiness and More Mental Fitness are produced by me, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Andrea Mengele, Robin Boyd, Andrea Daly, and the awesome team at Podfly Productions, including Eric Begay, Kimberly Beck, and Alec Guess, in collaboration with TogiNet Radio, KBUU, radio Malibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.